comfy dance, our sweet, sexy, ooh, strippy, ooh, we love an artistic comfy dance. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the show where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, asking all the questions. You're too afraid to know. Uh, And I'm so, this is going to be a really fun one, you guys. I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest. She is a Canadian-born comedian, our neighbors up north, an author, an artist, and a retired stripper. Get that money, get paid. She is going on tour with her one-woman show about gay divorce called Divorced in Paradise, so definitely check out those links below. She's also an advocate for sex workers' rights. She's worked as a consultant in the movie Hustlers with J-Lo. Y'all know the one I'm talking about. And she has her own independent studio in Art Collective Art Camp Productions. I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest, Jack Francis. Hi, Jack. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you're so welcomed here. I am obsessed to talk with you. Uh, I just have to know right off the bat, how does one get into the dancing world? I needed money. I was tired. (laughs) I was so tired of eating 99 cent bags of oatmeal. Mm. Like I was just honestly hungry. Money Mm. was the motivator. And I was in Australia at the time because I was traveling and I was just, and I had a one year working visa because Canadians can get a one year working visa in Australia for 250 bucks. So in Australia, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. The Commonwealth. It's fantastic. Yeah. You can, yeah. So lucky. And I was just, I was working at G-Star selling $200 jeans and I, I'd always wanted to be a stripper, but the stigma was too great. Like I was like, Mm. oh no, I can never do that. That's not what nice middle-class girls do. (laughs) And then finally I was far enough away from home and hungry enough and broke enough to be Mm. like, fuck it. I'm going to be a stripper. So I shaved the lower half of my body. (laughs) I did a Google search for gentlemen's clubs near me. And I, I made a map of where they all were and I walked into them and I auditioned. Wow. And you, you got it on your first audition? I was hired on my first audition. Yeah. Oh, you have to audition shit. everywhere you go. You have yep. to audition everywhere I went and I strip, I stripped all over the world. You have to show up and you have to get naked for a guy in a suit. Mm. And, uh, and he looks at you and then he tells you if you can work or not. And generally I had a lot of success <laughs> until, uh, until I didn't anymore. Well, I got to know, what was the song you auditioned with? Because I feel like that's vital when establishing, like, uh, your stripper personality. They never let you choose. What? I mean, occasionally. Occasionally. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, you go to an audition, and it could be, like, the club could be popping. They're just telling you to go on stage. Oh, my it's God. Like, it's a the live club... audition in front of oh, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. I thought it was, like, I you can't... know, a Tuesday afternoon. Like, all right, Jack, come in. You're next. Well, it is a Tuesday afternoon because you got to go on the quiet days if you really want to get hired. You know, you have to go when I they see. need you. But, um, but no, it's usually they're usually playing Bruno Mars, <laughs> which I love. You know, the dads love Bruno Mars. I love Bruno Mars. It's a good time. You're so right. Oh my god, my dad fucking loves Bruno Mars, Yo, and he doesn't dads... like care about anything. <laughs> no, but so they, funny. yeah, he, you know, dads love Bruno Mars and strippers. Okay, so I, a little admission here. I grew up in Florida, which is like the stripping capital of America, which people yes, like don't is. really know. I grew up in Tampa, which is like the city of stripping. 
It's yeah. where it's where Magic Mike takes place. I knew the high school Channing Tatum grew up in and the clubs he went to in Ybor City. Like, that was where I went as a bad teenager who was, like, desperate to get out of the house and have attention mm-hmm. and, you know, do drugs and have fun. Uh, yeah. And so I may or may not have definitely done a little dancing, not professionally, not as a... Um, not as a like job, but when me and the girls were really bored, we would end up, you know, drunk at a strip club, definitely underage and just would go up on stage and dance. And they would let us cause it would be like, you know, a lame night in the strip club. I, like I for sure illegally. And you're underage. Oh, I, I was, I'm 31 now, <laughs> but this was a long time ago. Yeah yeah. 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 You know, the, it's, a lot of things can happen in strip clubs. Florida doesn't have many rules and regulations as like a state. So I'm not surprised that their strip clubs aren't really exactly the um, the most regulated. But I got to say, it was fucking thrilling. Yeah. Getting up on stage is has always been my thrill. Like my first time on stage, I was I was four years old. I was doing a jazz <laughs> dance routine to Twist and Shout oh, okay. cover... <laughs> Covered by Alvin and the Chipmunks. I had a pink, uh, purple, and orange sequin outfit. Uh, and I was like, I had a scrunchie that matched my outfit. I had makeup on. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is my life. This yes. is what I want. Correct. Like, I always have had to dance. And stripping yes. was the most lucrative way to also see the whole world. Like, it was the best wow. job ever for me. I yeah. loved it. It wasn't perfect. Sure. But uh, I loved it. And then, uh, And then one day, after a decade... I, it it wasn't really available to me anymore. I was going to ask, so you're mm-hmm. traveling the world doing this. I have to imagine, too, that there's something about, like, the, the traveling of stripping that's really appealing where, I mean, these places are, like, dark rooms with blacked out windows. You know, there's a curtain upon a mm-hmm. curtain before you even get in. Nobody fucking knows who you are or what you're doing once you go outside of that yep. world unless they know you personally i just it's i i imagine that it's like being a travel nurse but stripping and you get to do it all over the world and you don't need a license or something right yeah you need yeah you're just this traveling showgirl you know what though like the bureaucracy has really increased over the years there's a lot mm. of places where you do need a license and a bunch of bullshit and i have jumped really? through those hoops yeah and there's some places where you don't and over the course of a decade you know you kind of see it all but I always just wanted to be a groupie. Like I watched mm. Almost Famous and I was like, I want to be a groupie, but I also want to be the rock star and I want to mm. be the writer. Like well, I wanted to yeah. be all those three characters. So I just became me. There you, know? you go. Like stripping. You... And because like groupies are cool, but like I want to get paid. Right. You know, all that work, I want to get paid for it. And then like you really do feel like a rock star being a stripper. You just get up on stage, you do your thing, you have your own character, people throw money at you, you go home, you count your money, you sleep in, you do it all over again. It was bliss. I have to ask, like, what was the most fun, crazy memory you have of, like, around the world stripping that, you that like, comes to mind that would make anyone go, maybe I should give up my day job? Uh... What is my best memory? Oh my God, so many. Well, you know what? The first, I mean, I guess the, it's funny. It's kind of anticlimactic. But when you think mm. of like dancing for rock stars, I, I got to dance for Slash. What? Slash came into the strip club and I went up on stage and I showed him my pussy and he gave me $20 <laughs> and we had, oh. a, we chatted for a little bit and then I carried on with my night and I was like, that's it. I did it. Slash has seen my gash. 
I made it. Slash has seen my I dad. made it. Wow. So, yeah, like I said, that, that must have been a really fun career, like, especially when you're discovering mm-hmm. yourself at that age. Do yeah. you, now, where does your sexuality play into your career as a stripper? Because I have to imagine it has some effect on the... Um, or maybe it doesn't have the effect on like how you feel about the male gaze or like the safety and security. Like where where did that come into to your career, if at all? Oh my god, it's so much of a part of it. Like mm. I, I mean, my sexuality is always changing, but <laughs> I identify pretty heavily as gay. But like, gay <laughs> is kind of the word I use as a catch-all to like repel the right people. But like, <laughs> I'll fuck anybody if, as long as there's intrigue. But generally, I'm attracted to. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who do I want to fuck anymore? It remains yeah. to be seen. But yeah. but I felt extremely gay when I was 23 mm. and uh, walking into the strip club. I was like, I'm gay. Fuck you. Pay me. And I wouldn't tell anyone I was gay, mm-hmm. but it was my own personal boundary. Mm. It was like, I only want your money. Mm-hmm. But over 10 years, there's lots of different kinds of people I'm attracted to. But sure. I think uh, I always had a really strong boundary with my work. So it stripping for me was very much an expression of my own sexuality. Like I'm an exhibitionist. Mm. I love to be looked at. I love to dance. I love money. Mm. I like to be desired. It doesn't really, it's not really about their, uh, their gender. Right. But, um, over time it kind of changed in what I'm into, but, and I don't know. And I think it was like stripping was a really great way for me to express my sexuality as somebody Mm. who needs so much attention. I felt like I'd become a much better friend when I finally had a place to channel mm. all my slut energy, Ugh. like monetizing my slut energy was a really good business move because I, I'm such a showboat and I'm such a performer. And if I don't have a place to put that, it's a lot. Is your sign needs, a Leo? It's f- so funny. Everybody asks me that. No, what is no, that? I just divorced a Leo. Oh, I'm a Leo. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> Wait, what is no, it? What I'm is a- it? My, I'm Aquarius, ah. uh, Aquarius sun, Aquarius moon, cancer rising, but I have Ooh. a bunch of Sagittarius. Like I ah. am so optimistic and out mm. there and like, I have, a lot of Brit- mm-hmm. I have a lot of Brittany in my chart. Mm. I mean, and what better dancer? I mean, that bitch could what, it, it up. Well, this is what I'm saying. Brittany was, so, was my role model growing up yeah. because she was super athletic. She mm-hmm. was a dancer. She was a pop star fantastic moves mm-hmm. and like i was like that's what i want you know are like, you happy just, for her marriage oh my god i'm so happy for Me Brittany. i i'm I so happy did not for know her. the ex-husband tried to crash it with a knife i knew he crashed it but i didn't know he had a knife like what was he is he well does anyone know what's up with him i didn't even know that i just ugh. Uh, yeah tacky. her ex though the first husband Jason Aldean. No, that's a country singer or something. Jason Alexander. Yeah, that one. He... Face, George Costanza. Okay, I just think one. of George yes. Costanza as her ex-husband. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Like, ew, she really had a glow up. Um, he tried yeah. to crash the wedding with a knife and he did it on Instagram live and said he, she was in, she invited him and he, she didn't. But part of me is like, did, did she? And was she you just being messy? I don't know. Instagram makes us abhorrent people. Yeah, correct. Like the things that we do for for fame, and myself included. I'm not yes. better than this. I do yes. so much to get attention. It's my job. Yeah, like Literally. I make a living now. Now that I'm not a stripper anymore, my job is to be an artist. And being an artist or influencer means like constantly showing 
you know, pictures of my armpits on the internet so people will <laughs> click like and eventually buy something. It's like, it's relentless. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to have that business model, but I, huh. I still rely on it. I don't know. It seems pretty successful to me. It seems like you know what you're doing. It's working, yeah. but, but you know what? It's like my phone, my, I, my anxiety level is much higher when I have mm. my phone in my hand. So my I have wrists to think are about my quality of life. Yeah. 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 Like, like the wrists like so the, stiff. The wrists really gets yeah. you. Well, so it does. It obviously makes sense why post stripping or even pre ending stripping, you were in some form of entertainment. You obviously do comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an artist. Your artwork's very fun and cool. I definitely suggest everyone go check that out below. But I want to know how did sort of transitioning away. You know, you've given us a couple nods to things turned for you in life mm. where you were done they stripping did. so tell us where did yes. like your your uh dark night of the soul or whatever come in <laughs> well yeah this is what this is a huge part of what the show is about is, is divorce in paradise something on tour now divorce in paradise that's right on tour now but it's about um it's about something ending when you're not ready to end mm. uh, i still wanted to dance i wanted to dance forever i wanted to strip into the sunset but uh, I stopped getting hired. I went to mm. auditions and got naked, and then they started saying no. And you, they don't tell you why. Rejection is part of life. And I have my ideas of why I was rejected. Mm. Ageism, possibly. Mm. I think it's more likely my whore mouth. Mm. I think it's that I was mouthy talking about wage theft and unfair labor <laughs> conditions and telling strippers to charge more and like why is a lap dance still twenty dollars when a lap dance has been twenty dollars for twenty years meanwhile a cup of coffee has tripled in value so like why are we still doing the same amount of work for less money and i think that mm. it's quite possible that club owners didn't appreciate that so that does sound like it could piss off some old men that have been running off the same patriarchal system for yes. their entire business life. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what happened. But it was tied. And it was tied. <laughs> it might be. I, I cannot confirm or deny, but but it it's okay. Things end. And not everything ends on your own terms. In mm. fact, most things do not end on your own terms. And it's the, like you have to give yourself grace. You have to like it's how you handle that and what you do with that mm. where like your character shows well you seem to have put that energy into a positive position i mean not only with like your art in the show which i definitely want to talk more about but mm. you also were doing consulting work for that fucking fantastic movie hustlers uh jlo yes. hello tell us about that like what oh my god it, it was amazing it was absolutely amazing i got hired for my opinions. Ooh, see? I yeah. See, you remember those guys that didn't want you because of your opinions? The women That's did. That's right. The women did. And like the the writer and director, Lorene Scafari, like she's a badass director. And I wanted to, I've always wanted to go into the movie business. And this was my invitation. Hell this yeah. was my golden ticket. And it was amazing. Like they asked me to like work with Jennifer Lopez and like, you know, talk to her about what this industry is like and how we approach it. And mm. it was amazing it was the coolest gig to that took me out of stripping it's like it didn't single-handedly but that was my first job that i got after stripping kind of was ending for me and that was the message i needed to be like yes bitch you belong in show business keep going and i just made my first movie last year 
And it's about congrats. and it's about strippers. Stop it! Where mm-hmm. can we see it? Or is it out yet? It's, you made it? No, no, no. It's debuting. Okay. Well, I submitted to TIFF. TIFF doesn't know yet, but they're going to accept it. Ah. And I'm going to debut it at TIFF because I was in Hustlers. I had a cameo in Hustlers also. So I went to the TIFF debut of Hustlers in 2019. And so now, three years later, I'm going to go back with my own stripper movie made by strippers. Everybody in the movie who plays a stripper is an actual stripper and they're hilarious and captivating and amazing and i play the protagonist his name is brian go on do yeah do tell yeah so i do a lot of character acting so i have Uh a character that i've been putting on instagram for a couple of years he hasn't made an appearance in a while because he's been working on his big movie but brian is a guy who loves strippers Mm. he just loves strippers he's just a regular guy who loves going to the strip club and Mm. it's about his journey Mm. of going to the strip club one day and doing everything wrong. Oh, Brian. Classic Brian. I, Classic Brian. I can't Brian. Wait to see what happens yes, with that. Yes, it's, it's a story about personal growth. Well, that's really cool that you like saw how you could make such a big shift and change in a movie that was so successful by being so authentic. And then you were like, wait, I should just do this myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love making movies. I So I directed it. I wrote ah, it. I wow. well, co-directed it. Uh-huh. I wrote it, I starred in it, and I executive produced it. I threw the money wow. down because because that's the only way you can be in charge is if you yes. pay people. And I, I love paying people to mm. do what I want. Hell yeah. I love being a boss. Yeah. God, we have so, so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, it. do it and then pay for it later. Like, I'll figure it out, but yeah. I'm just going to make it. And then mm-hmm. if I can sell it, great. Like, they'd be so lucky. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the money comes in weird ways, you know, like your Mm. biggest dream projects don't necessarily bring in the biggest profit. Like, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like at the end of the day, the money I'm making is from like, you know, royalties on book sales or like I get hustlers royalties still like that was such a cool project. But like my big passion projects don't always turn a profit or Mm. I'm learning that the more money I throw into a project, the longer it takes to make a return. But Mm. It's worth it. It's worth doing it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Ooh, confidants. Y'all know life can be overwhelming. Gosh, for me, there is some stuff happening up in the stars. There are things happening down here in the planets for me and my relationship. Ooh, I'm getting that feeling of detached, that anxiety, that sadness. But thank God, I have BetterHelp. I love my new therapist, Michelle. She completely understands my style of communication while also teaching me new stuff about my attachment theory. Who would have known I'm an anxious attachment style, conscious uncoupling. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than that in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And confidants get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash CI. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash CI. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, 
effortlessly chic year after year. Like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs. Washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my god. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Back to the show. I mean, I wouldn't I, change it for the world. I wish so many other girls and women could feel the same way. I feel really lucky that I grew up with a mom who was the breadwinner boss bitch of the family. Like mm. it was weird to me that moms like didn't work that mm. I had around me. Did you have like an influence in your life that taught you this like no pun intended hustler mentality? I love that question. Um, <laughs> I grew up with a very supportive mother. Mm. She always told me to just, you know, follow your dreams. Do whatever mm. you want. Be whoever you want to be and never look back. Mm. My mom has always supported me. And, you know, there's moments where she's a bit uncomfortable about stuff, but she always comes around. So growing <laughs> up believing that anything was possible is huge because I see – I didn't realize what a privilege it was mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. I started to spend time with people whose parents are not supportive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see how that makes people unable to support themselves. It's much harder for them to believe in themselves because they have to teach – that they just have to teach themselves how to. It's harder. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had a – and I have a whole family of entrepreneurial jocks. So it's like, it makes so much sense. Like we are hedonists, we are jocks mm. and we are business owners. So, mm. and artists, I'm actually the first artist and my, well, the first woman in my family to make a living as an artist. My wow. grandmother painted ceramics. My great grandmother painted portraits. My mom's a really talented sculptor and a great visual artist. Um, my aunt was very creative and artistic, but I'm the first one 
to make money doing it. And it's like, it really feels like legacy work to me with my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of your artwork is inspired by women and the body and totally. Can you tell me a little bit about your inspiration behind a lot of the artwork you do? Yeah. Well, I mean, even when I I was drawing since I was like two, when I, (laughs) on Christmas morning, my mom gave me a tiny watercolor kit that fit in my stocking. It was like six little colors. It's the, and I still have them. They're like the oh, size wow. of a two, two poster sticks. They're so little. <laughs> They're so little. And I was obsessed. It was the only thing that I wanted after that Christmas. Like I didn't care about any of the presents. I just wanted to paint. So I've always, always, always been an artist. Mm. And when I was a dancer in dance class, I would always just draw dancers. Oh, wow. So like me becoming a stripper and making art about strippers has been in the making since I yeah. was like born seriously and i just love dancing and i love women like how could i not draw what i love Mm. checks out and like yeah it checks out yeah and i love drawing myself you know i'm always Mm. like everything is self-portraiture like i am Mm. my own muse Mm. Mm. like brian Mm -hmm. soft days muse and uncut gems that's a throwback if you're not on tiktok then please ignore everything i just said (laughs) Um, okay, wait, let's talk about divorce in paradise. Like you mm. gave us the subtle hint that you just divorced a Leo. What's going on mm-hmm. that? What's going on with where's the crossover? Yeah. So I was married. Um, I was married for seven years. I got married right after Doma was overturned, the defensive marriage act in June mm. of 2015. 15? The defensive marriage act ended. And six months later, my girlfriend of two years at the time, her and I got married uh, because that we were allowed to, we were allowed to get married. It was federally recognized. I'm Canadian. We wanted to keep our relationship going. We were really in love. And so we got married and I, and that enabled me to stay in America and gave me permission to work in the land of opportunity. And I'm, and we were married for almost eight years and the average marriage is eight years. 50% of marriages. Yes. 50% of marriages end in divorce. The other 50% end in death. <laughs> and uh, and the average marriage is, is, is just eight years, just perfectly average what we did. We got married and then it didn't, and then, it, and then we didn't want, I didn't want to be married anymore. So oh, wow. I said, thank you, next. Mm. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. And it was also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Divorce is just normal. And there's so much stigma around it. Like mm-hmm. it's like a failure and it's like, it's, you can say it's a failure or you can say it's a huge opportunity to reinvent yourself. And mm. I want to take the sting out of it because first of all, divorce is a luxury. It is mm. the most expensive thing I've ever wow. bought myself. Wow. So we shouldn't be stigmatizing it. We should be talking about how most people are unhappily married because they can't afford to leave. Mm. Like that's the real shit. Mm. I made some huge sacrifices that I talk about on my show to, to leave my marriage. And a lot of people do. And I'm, I'm like not interested in talking about it as a failure or something Mm. that's stigmatized or shameful that we shouldn't talk about. It's just part of life. Mm. And mm. gay divorce is on the rise because gays, we only got the federal rights to marry eight years ago. Gays wow. are about to be getting divorced left, right, and center. Yes. You know, happy pride. <laughs> Listen, if there was ever a time to rise the divorce rates among gay couples, it might as well be during pride. But you're so right. Yes. It's eight yeah. years now. We're about to, it's about to go down. And you're actually it like is. a trendsetter, I feel like. You're getting ahead I, of the curve. I am blazing a trail with wow. my divorced ass 
all across mm. America and Canada. I mean, so divorced in paradise. You got to wonder mm-hmm. where. What's the paradise? Is that is that Canada? Is that America? Is it the Bahamas? Is it your own? Where is inner it? Child? Yes. Where is paradise? I love that question, and you know, I'm still figuring it out. But mm. I, after I left my home, I went to Mexico. Because I wanted to get hot again. I had Mm. been through hell and I was like, I just want to be warm. I just want to be sexy. So I started painting again. Like I had taken a lot of time off of painting Mm because I was going through a hard time. So I just started painting when I was in Mm. Mexico, getting hot again. Mm. And, And this series emerged. And I was like divorced in paradise. Like that's, that was just what I called the art collection of these Mm. watercolors. Um, and I sold a bunch of the watercolors on my 35th birthday so that I could pay my legal fees. So thank ah. you everyone who supported me. Ah, shout yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I've been spending, I spent a lot, all of my money comes from making a living as an artist mm. and, uh, more money than I've ever spent went to my lawyer. So, and then I traveled, I was just trying to get to LA. Like I've mm. lived in New York for 10 years. Mm. I want to be in the sun in show business. Mm-hmm. I needed to get to LA, but trying to get to LA, trying to leave my life behind is uh it's really mm. bureaucratic and entangled when it's been 10 mm. years and you have a, a whole life together yeah. so paradise is wherever you find it mm. but you have to look for it mm. damn mm-hmm. there, yeah. there's like a whole like psychology episode behind just the the emotional um roller coaster of divorce and deciding to leave mm-hmm. and uproot yeah. your life or reimagine and, and uh, upgrade some would even say your life and I, oh yeah I can't imagine like eight years and all the things you've built do you feel like do we stay longer because we've invested more are we like we're gonna figure it out or do we kind of I don't believe in marriage I don't believe in the government getting involved in my coins or Mm. my relationships. So this isn't a Mm. problem for me, but I am curious, like, do we stay longer in things that we've invested more time in just because we're like, it's got it. We've put so much into this or when do you know, like it's not worth it anymore? Yeah. Well, um, I just woke up one morning and I was done. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I can't tell you what happened the day before. You can't because it's a secret or you can't because it's not memorable. <laughs> I can't because I have a non-disparagement clause in my divorce settlement. Oh, that's why things got expensive. I see. I'm expensive. Uh, well, yeah, I, I gathered that much <laughs> intel in 20 minutes of talking to you. Um, wait, so yeah. how are you getting away with a one-woman show? What can we expect to see? How did that process well, there's, come about? Yeah, well, there's nothing disparaging in the show. Oh. This is a show about growth and transformation. I'm not interested in dragging anybody's name through the mud, mm. uh, except for my own. <laughs> You know, and I'm allowed to say whatever I want about myself. So this, this show, in the beginning, I really wanted to go off, you know, like when you're angry and when you're hurt, Mm. uh, there's a lot of, uh, desire and ego that -hmm. makes you really want to, uh, uh, hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, where, how you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. But, uh, 
the but it's but due to uh, the avoidance of a lawsuit, mm. I have challenge. I have the challenge to rise above that state of mind wow. and to see this in a positive way, mm. and to only take away the lessons and share what I've learned with positivity and optimism mm. and, and, uh, you know, honestly, that clause is probably the greatest gift. Whew, yeah. You're a better person than me because I'm like seething underneath my skin right now. And I don't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. And I've only known you for half an hour, but like, I'm, I, I wish I could get to that state of mind where you are. And so I want to well, know if, to avoid a lawsuit. You would. You're okay, fair. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's correct. But I, I also, like you, am on social media. People know yeah. my relationship. And I, I yeah. wouldn't know how do you address, is it like a joint statement? you got to like, come to the show. I, yeah, there you go. And you're in LA, <laughs> right? Where are some cities that it's, you're going to be, by the way? Um, I will tomorrow. So you, we're recording this early, but tomorrow. Yeah. I have two shows tomorrow in Hollywood near <gasps> where you are. Wait, so you I'm going to come. I want to come. come. Yeah, you're going to love it. What time is that? Uh, this I could cut this part out, but what eight. time is that? Okay, that's eight. perfect. That's perfect because yeah. I have a thing until 7. I'm coming. Perfect. Come to the show. It's right in Hollywood. It's like, so I'm doing different kinds of performances all over the country. Mm. I'm doing, like, because the idea is like, what is paradise? Mm-hmm. Where? What is it in Vancouver? What mm. is paradise in Nashville? So I'm doing a lot of theaters because theaters are fantastic and, and for ticketing and everything. But yeah. I'm also like, who wants to throw a campfire? <laughs> right. do it. I would love to tell the story around a campfire because I'm such a camper, right? Like I have art yeah. camp, like being outside in nature, playing, doing arts mm. and crafts, skinny dipping, mm-hmm. talking around the campfire. This shit is also a really big part of like how I grew up and what I really mm. value and how I connect with people. Yeah. So I really want to do this show in ways that like, like what's the OG way of storytelling? It's around a fire. Yeah. Or in a cave with like stone and and like (gasps) knife. I feel like we got to figure that out for you too. Well, yes, I love. Do you know if you have a cave area? Definitely leave a comment (laughs) below if you have a cave that Jack can come uh, etch a sketch her story into for Mm -hmm. historical purposes. Uh, This does need to be recorded. Love that. I mean, do you have any plans of like recording it and putting it out, or is this something that's like live only, one time experience? Well, yeah, I'm totally, I have people filming it and I don't Ah. know what we're going to do with it yet. Well, here's the thing. I'm doing 35 performance of this. uh, I'm going to tell this story 35 times Mm. and then I'm going to let it go. I'm 35 years old. I'm doing Mm. 35 performances Mm -hmm. and the cost of a marriage license is $35, but I will tell you that the cost of a divorce is thousands of times more than that. Mm. So I'm going to tell the story 35 times. I've only booked 21 shows. I don't know how the rest of the tour is going to shake out. I don't know what kind of opportunities are going to come my way. Uh, but we, we're gonna, it remains to be seen what is going to happen with this and how, obviously, not obviously, but I would really like to share this as some sort of, you know, film project. But I don't know what it's going to look like yet. Like, I don't know which show is going to be the best. Mm. And also, I don't know what's going to happen to me as I tell the story over and over again. It's very emotional. Mm. I've been, I just finished writing it this morning. Oh, gee, girl. Yes. I wrote, yeah, I wrote the show with my bath water. Down to the wire. I mean, that yeah. sounds dangerous. I hope it was pen and paper, not computer. No, it's uh, watercolor on paper. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. I had, I've written had me the worried. whole text. Well, I used to do a lot of improv, right? Yeah. Like I used to just go off the cuff, but 
to really protect my ass, mm. I, uh, I had to write every word out on paper. Mm. So I wrote it with my bathwater from the eclipse and Hell yeah. it's emotional. It's magical. I'm really into it. So I'm, it's a fairy tale. The show is very much a fairy tale about toxic femininity because mm. like when I, when I like was leaving, I was like, I point my finger all day at what's wrong with other people. Mm-hmm. This is called codependency. If you don't mm. know. And uh, I had to look at myself. I had to look at my shit. And it's like toxic femininity for me is like people pleasing. And people pleasing, Mm. I learned, is also called lying to yourself (laughs) and everybody else. Like I, I would just say all this shit to make other people happy because I was afraid of making people upset. Mm. And... And then I just realized one day, oh my God, I've been lying to myself. I don't even know what I want. I don't even know who I am. I'm just mm. doing all this shit so that other people will like me. Mm. And uh, I, I, that is a fucking disease. I need to, mm. I need to heal from that one. It sounds like you're getting through the sickness right now, baby. It sounds like yes, you've got all kind of it. medicine that you're putting on the shows. You're mm-hmm. doing the art, like art, your... art, marijuana, friendships, yes. skinny Ooh. dipping. These Ooh. are my medicines. I, okay. Yes. I might, I might have to join you just for no other purpose than that sounds amazing and healing. And yes. I would like to be a part of that. <laughs> yes. Um, really? Jack, I can't believe we've been talking already uh, for as long as we have. Your story is so interesting and cool. And I I definitely recommend The Confidants, not only to check out your artwork and the books you've already published, but also to definitely catch the show. Uh, How long is the show and what are, did you already say, you said Nashville, you said Canada. What are other some Mm -hmm. cities? Give us some info. Where can we buy tickets? Yeah, so it's, it's one hour. It's, I'm, I'm doing a snake across America and Canada. I'm going up the west coast to Vancouver. I'm going across Canada to Winnipeg, down through Chicago to Nashville, Atlanta, up the east coast, New York, Montreal, Toronto. Yeah, And uh, that's going all summer until mid-August. And then, I don't know, maybe maybe Australia. I really want to go back to Australia. That's yeah. where it began. We got to go back to the so, roots. Your origin story. Yeah, so I need, but I need like a, I'm, I'm calling in a tour manager for Australia. Yeah. So... Yeah, so that's, and you can buy tickets. Go to divorceinparadise.com and find tickets. And you can look up my book. It's uh, it's called Divorce Illustrated. It's all the art I made to make it through my divorce. Mm. And that's on Amazon. And where can we find you on all the social medias? You can find me at Jack the Stripper. Jack is spelled J-A-C-Q, the stripper. I'm also on TikTok as Jack Francis. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm you new sh- on TikTok. You should. Oh, that's why you don't understand the jo- uh, Josh I don't get reference. It. I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm 35. I feel like a little old for it, but it's okay. Mm-mm, I'm trying. We ain't just, it ain't just little kids dancing, okay? We've got our own side of TikTok. I'll show you the way. I'll send you some Where's tags. divorce talk? Oh, send it is. divorce talk. It is on and popping, baby. You are about to blow up, I'm telling you. Okay. There's a Great. need for everyone there. Although, I just read this article today that Canada's trying to pass a law that would filter anything that comes in through tiktok to be only like what your government shows you which that feels problematic for canada you guys are normally like the the good ones but lately y'all been fucking up like us y'all been talking real american lately you know we gotta the government doesn't the government's a joke guys Mm, keep them out of your papers we gotta stop investing all of our energy into government and just take care of each other yeah Ooh better line to end on i don't think so uh jack francis thank you so much for being here (laughs) 
Uh, it was so lovely <laughs> it was so nice to, to chat. Be here too. Uh, Coffee Dance, definitely check Thank out all those links me. below. And uh, I'm going to definitely go see that show. So definitely check out uh, Divorce in Paradise. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Jack. We did it! <laughs>